0: Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heights Town area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello everyone, welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank, I'm the pastor here. We're just so glad that you have joined us today. Uh, over the summer we've just kind of been casting vision for where our church is going if you're new today no worries i'll catch you up a little bit so jesus charge to the church before he went back to heaven was to go and make disciples and so today if you're a follower of jesus if you're not sure if you're just checking it out uh, the purpose to following jesus is to one abide in him get to know who jesus is know His voice, understand, be obedient, change the way we think, let the Spirit guide us, be part of community, and then once we are part of all of those areas where we grow, we're called to disciple. To invest who Jesus has been to us into the lives of others. Now, today, uh, this is especially true for the next generation. To understand and to know who God is. One of the values here at our church is that we're going to equip the next generation. Uh, As we get older, as I get older, that I'm going to sacrifice some of the things that I prefer and some of the ways that I like to do church so that the next generation comes to know who Jesus is. The greatest thing that we can do is to pass our faith on. I had a lot of people invest in me and show me, and so now it's my turn to do the same for others. We are God's chosen mean to pass who He is and who He has been on to the next generation. I think one of the saddest things is when churches become um, focused on what the people in the church want or as we age the way that we do church and to forget passing our faith on. Why? Again, Jesus calls us to make disciples to invest in people and to to, again to make disciples so but how do we do this it's hard if you're like me I'm the pastor of a church and I don't know that anyone has ever really taught me how to actually disciple someone I know I'm supposed to do it Uh, I know that I've grown and that I can share my experience of who Jesus has been to me but how do I intentionally disciple someone it can be hard uh, again, we don't know what it looks like. And so, again, the last few weeks, I encourage you to check them out on our Facebook or our YouTube channel. Both of them are Connect Church NJ. And, Jay. and ta- see what we did and how we talked about abiding. Again, it all comes down to spending time with Jesus, letting Him shape us, letting Him influence us, m- that He would make us more like Him. But now, today, we're going to get a little practical. One, for parents. Again, parents, you have kids in your home. The greatest thing that you can do is to pass your faith on to your kids, to model who Jesus is and what a living, healthy relationship looks like with Jesus. But if you're not a parent, you're not off the hook. We're all called to be spiritual parents. And so, do you have someone that you are investing in, you are loving, and you're discipling? They don't necessarily need to be younger than you in age just in faith that you're a little bit more ahead of the journey than them and you can invest in them so with that today we're going to read deuteronomy 6 and it says this now this is the commandment the statutes the statutes and the rules that the lord your god commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it that you may fear the lord your god as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." Alright, so the first thing we see from this passage, again, love God. We need to love God wholeheartedly and have these commandments written on our heart. Again, the heart is the reflection of who we are. It's the source of life. The things that come out of us, the words, the actions, the thoughts, they are who we really are. I know myself, oftentimes, when I get angry or I say something I shouldn't, I think, where did that come from? And it's easy to kind of blame other people, but the truth is, it's coming from my heart. And so, at those moments, I need to check my heart and ask God, please continue to work in my life. I love you. I want to follow you. I want to be obedient to you. Again, we see here having written, the God's word written on our heart means it's part of the deepest parts of who we are. Oftentimes in church we know a lot of head knowledge, and we're able to, to talk and rattle off good theology, scripture verses, and, and all of that is good. But if the gospel misses our heart, And it doesn't transform our lives the way we think, the way we live, the way we act. We're missing it. So you can have all the head knowledge in the world. But if it's not transforming us on the deepest core of who we are, we're missing. And this is why it's important when it comes to discipleship. See, when it's not transforming us and we just talk about the knowledge that we have, it often leads to hypocritical and inconsistent behavior in our lives. We keep the commandments mechanically or partially, and we look for ways to maneuver around the law of God that benefits us most. Again, but God affects every part of our lives. And this matters when we're discipling people and when we're equipping the next generation because people are sensitive to inconsistency. This is one of the biggest reasons the younger generation continues to turn from faith. Why? Because of parents who take them to church, who tell them that this is important, and then they leave church and they never talk about it again. Or people who, who bring others to church with them and say, this is important. And then they leave church and their lives look nothing like what they talk about at church. I'm about to be a dad and it's crazy, it's terrifying, but also exciting. And and so um, I'm a pastor, which means my kids are going to be pastor's kids. And oftentimes there are some views about them and, and the way that they live. Uh, and so there's a lot of pressure on them uh, and things like that. But one of the things that I've read is that a lot of times pastor's kids struggle with faith. And and a lot of times, myself, I thought it's because they're in church so much. It's because they have to be there and it's so they grow up to resent it. But if you look into why most pastor's kids don't follow Jesus, it's because their their dad or their mom is one way on the stage at church and then they get home. And the things that they tell other people to do, they don't live them out themselves. And it's the hypocrisy that makes them turn away from faith. Again, we need to be genuine in our love for Jesus. If we wholeheartedly love Him, it changes the way that we live. Again, what we love, we're passionate about. And what we're passionate about, we talk about it and we give time to it. Today, when, again, when's the last time you gave your best time and attention to God? to be still before him, to let him speak to you, to to learn from his word that it would transform your life and teach you more of the story of God. Again, we put time in the things that we love. And if we're honest, a lot of times we say that we love God, but then our actions and, and where we invest our time, it doesn't line up. The second thing from Deuteronomy chapter six, when it comes to discipleship is we need to make truth practical. We need to apply the gospel practically. How does this actually affect my life? And, and Deuteronomy six is really clear about this, and I think it's incredible. Uh, it's not promoting family lectures where like you gather people around or your family around and you're like, okay, today. This is who God is, and today this is how we're going to follow him. But as we read it, references as you sit, as you walk along, as you lie down, as you get up, it refers to the normal routines of daily life. See, it's not a series of lectures and classes, but it's sharing life together. As we go from different areas of our life each day, it's an opportunity for us to share who God is and how he's working. We impress who God is, we disciple others in just talking about how he relates to our lives daily. At work today, people frustrated me, and I didn't want to love them the way that Jesus called me to love them. And so then I can say to the people around me, see, sometimes it's hard to love others, but it's important. Why? Because Jesus says that people will know that I follow him by the way I love people. This is a call to be wise and thoughtful about the gospel, how the gospel influences our decisions and our priorities. When you're about to make a big decision, bring your, bring your family along, bring the people that you're discipling along. Show them what it looks like to have God at the center of decisions in the way that you live your life. So, where do we begin, where do we begin when it comes to discipling others? What do we say? Do I know enough myself to even do this? And, and I just want to speak to that. Oftentimes, we just feel inadequate. I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not. Stop. If you have given your heart to Jesus, you have the capability in you to disciple others. It's too important to think that you're not capable. It's too important to think that you're not qualified. It's too important to think you don't need to do it. So today, here are some ways to do it. The first one is set realistic expectations. I think one of the biggest issues when it comes to discipling others is we just set the bar too high sometimes. And we think that if we aren't perfect, then we can't do this. We can't live up to the expectations that we place on ourselves, and so then we feel like failures, we feel like we messed up, and we just quit. If we're honest, we don't like looking bad, and so we would rather just not do it. But today, hear this. Gospel conversations don't always have to come with some profound theological gem from you. Sometimes it's just simply talking about how you feel like God has moved in your life that day. Wherever you are today, that's where you disciple people from. Start there. And as you grow, continue to develop rhythms and add habits that you make sure that you continue to grow. But, again, start where you are. The second thing we need to do is we need to see discipleship as a way of life and not a program. We can't see our role of disciplers as a program. One example of this is, maybe you're a parent and you bring your kids, or maybe you're trying to reach someone that you know uh, from work or or a friend and, and you think, Discipleship is just getting them to church. That is thinking of discipleship as a program. That's not what discipleship is meant to be. It's meant to be shared life together. It's not like the modular home coming in on the trailer and you just plop it on the foundation and it's done and you discipled someone, but it's brick by brick building. It's knowing that this is gonna take time, but I'm invested in this. This isn't a program that I graduate from and I check off, but it's a way of life. And so as you disciple people, as you watch movies, shows, listen to music, talk about how these things relate to the gospel. Talk about the character of God, especially as you experience them in your life. As you have natural opportunities to talk about the gospel every day, do it. Look for them. If you do, they're there. We have a team of people that that look over our outlines every week um, and add thoughts um, and just make sure we're hitting all different areas of life. And one of them said, even reading the outline this week, They've started to look for these opportunities and this week they had one and it was incredible to see it lived out in their life. Again, discipleship is a way of life. It's not a program. The next thing we need to do is we need to focus on Jesus. Our goal is to always point other people to Jesus. You are not meant to be the hero. You are not meant to fix people. You are meant to point them to Jesus. And sometimes, when we want to be the hero, we begin to fall into moralism and try and make people behave well and make them act right, but that's not your job. Your job is to point them to Jesus. God sees their hearts, but you need to reflect who God is to them, and I'll say, behavior matters, but the why behind the way that we behave is so much more important. As I love God more, I begin to obey and follow him. Why? Because I love Jesus. The next thing, we need to be a guide and not a general. Think of a guide who travels with you um, and beside you. They walk you through the journey. Maybe you've gone on a hike or maybe you've um, gone somewhere historical and the guide kind of leads you through um, the experience that you're in. Maybe the Colosseum in Rome and they explain to you all the different things, but then, Sometimes, maybe you have a guide who doesn't go with you. They stay at camp, they just kind of point the direction, they're uninvolved in your tour. They're not good guides. They're kind of just demanding and telling you where to go. We're not supposed to be that way when it comes to discipleship. We're not supposed to be the experts with all the answers boldly pointing the way, but we're to travel with people as guides. Guides who have knowledge, wisdom, and experience of the journey with Jesus, and we point people back towards Him along the way. We're still learning and growing ourselves, but we say, Hey, maybe you've gotten a little off track here, you need to head back. Or maybe, hey, this is an area that you can grow in, but I'm going to walk with you through this and show you how Jesus can transform this part of your life. Next, we need to feed our own growth. The best teaching The best discipleship comes from the overflow of what you're learning. The sad part is, when it comes to following Jesus, a lot of us, at some point, we stop learning. We stop growing. We stop reading. We stop um, spending time with God. But if you're not growing, and you're not continuing to learn more about the gospel, you have nothing to give others. And and that may sound a little harsh, but the truth is if you're not growing, you have nothing to give. And so today I would say, how can you grow? How can you invest in people out of the overflow? Uh, And for me, one of the biggest challenges in in becoming the, the lead pastor of a church is, there are a lot of people around me who are growing and I need to make sure that I'm investing in myself or I have nothing to give them. And if I don't have anything to give them, they're going to go to other places to look for it. And sometimes we get content, we get complacent, and we stop today. Feed yourself. Then teach by example. Again, we often focus on discipleship as what we say. And what we say is important, but we can't forget that people often learn most from what we do. People are watching us. They see our actions as much as they hear our words, they see our actions a lot more. And so how is the gospel framing how you live each day in your home, in your community, at your work and beyond? Is God's love and grace and mercy showing through your life? Is the fruit of the spirit evident in the way in increasing measure? Are you growing in gratitude and joy? And if not, why? Again, we need to lead by example. One of the worst phrases that I can't stand when I hear it is when people say, um, do as I say, not as I do. That's garbage. What you say and what you do need to line up. It can't be that you just get to say what you want and then do whatever you want. Again, people see that and it often pushes people away from following Jesus. May our words and our actions align and show that Jesus is working in our lives. The last thing we need to do is we need to pray with them and for them. Prayer matters, it's important. If we're not praying, oftentimes we aren't living in the fullness of what God wants to do in our lives. Think about the opportunities that you have each day and use them to pray together. Maybe it's a car ride, and during the car ride, just turn the radio or podcast, whatever you're listening to in that moment off for a minute and pray together. God, wherever we're heading today, work through us. Would we just be a testimony of your love and your faithfulness? Again, prayer is a great way to grow together with people. And so today, as we close, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus before, I want to invite you to be part of his story. Today, as you hear this again, maybe you stumbled upon this, maybe someone invited you and it's because they believe so passionately in the work that Jesus did on the cross through his death and his resurrection and how it's changed their lives and they want the same thing for you today is an opportunity for you to give your heart to Jesus to say I've fallen short of your standard but Jesus I'm thankful that you were perfect you gave up your right as God to come and be man and to live the life that we live but He didn't sin, he was perfect. And because of that, they crucified him, they beat him, they killed him, but the story doesn't end there. He resurrected, he came back, and because of that today, we have life. The gospel changes everything, it's good news. Today, maybe you're discouraged, maybe you're beaten, maybe this last year has been frustrating to you. Today, there is hope in the person of Jesus. His death and His resurrection makes us right with Him. It forgives us of sin, it forgives us of our sins. It makes us a child of God, and it gives us purpose. Today, if you made that decision, you can click the link on any of our platforms that you're watching on. Let us know that you made that decision. We would love to connect with you and point you to your community. For those of you who do follow Jesus, today, just some questions to reflect on: One, who are you discipling? If it's no one, you're missing it. Bluntly, you're missing the commission that Jesus gave to us. Find some people you can invest in and teach who Jesus is this week. Do you have a plan? Again, are you growing? Are you investing in yourself that you're able to teach from the overflow? Are you intentional? Or do you just expect it to happen? You need to stop. You need to look for opportunities. You need to make it a priority. Again, are you abiding? Are you growing? And then out of that overflow, are you discipling? Today, one more time, I want to pump. Uh, the, this this Friday is our first one, and if you haven't signed up yet, you need to. It's it's kicking off our discipleship pipeline. whereas as a church, we're strategically discipling um, everyone together. We're going to learn the same language and theology together. Why? So that we're equipped to disciple other people because we believe it's that important. So if you haven't signed up, and maybe something today has just rung in your heart, this is an opportunity for you to do that. Disciple. Discipling others matters. It was Jesus' charge to us. We need to invest who we are and who God has been to us into others by sharing the story of His faithfulness in our lives to the people we care about, again, to our kids, to our friends, to our family, to our co-workers we need to invest who God has been to us, to them today. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your death and for your resurrection, God, for the life that you bring to us. God, as we spend time, as we abide, as we grow, would you just send people our way to disciple, to love, to invest in? God, would we be intentional? God, would the way that we live our lives draw people to you, not push them away? And God, will we just minister and disciple out of the overflow? God, just fill us today. Would your spirit work in our hearts and in our lives? And God, as your love transforms us, would there just be an overflowing joy that comes out of our lives? That people see who you are in the way that we live. In your name I pray. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.